I failed you, Ben. I'm sorry. I'm sure you are. The Resistance is dead. The war is over. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. The Rebellion is reborn today. The war is just beginning. And I will not be the last Jedi. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Eclair and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 276, Top 5, The Last Jedi Moments. I'm as always one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Kylo Ren to my General Hux, we have Carl LeClaire. The Supreme Leader is dead. Long live the Supreme Leader. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, it's been now, what, a couple of weeks since it's been out um, for, like, digital release, and even a couple of weeks since it's been out physical release as well. So we have yes. not devoted a full episode to The Last Jedi, really, since it came out, um, you know, although yeah. we did devote, like, five to it in a row. Right. Um, but now that it's right. really, you know, been in our system, and again, home release changes everything, right? That ability to just sit down and watch it whenever you want. Um, so we thought it'd be fun to just hop right in and do do our top five moments from this particular film, and of course some honorable mentions. Of course, because it wouldn't be the Wampus Lair if we didn't. All too true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before we hop into the topic itself, uh, we just want to again remind everybody, because we're obviously not doing polls or matchups right now, because we are still in the midst of our uh, Wampus Lair Madness Tournament which is our very own version of the the now defunct StarWars.com. Uh, this is Madness Tournament. So again, we ran it last year since it wasn't on StarWars.com. We're doing it again this year. The character tournament. Vote for your favorite characters. We're almost to the Elite Eight um, as of this recording on, on Tuesday. Um, and uh, we're down to... Um, well, it's looking like it's going to be Qui-Gon. Well, it's going to be Qui-Gon versus Han. And then probably Ahsoka, or excuse, yeah, Ahsoka versus Obi Wan in the final mm-hmm. four for light side, and then the final four dark side is going to be, um, I believe, Dooku and Thrawn, and then it's looking like it's going to be Kylo Ren and Darth Sidious. So that's looking like the Elite Eight as yeah. of right now. And the reason why we're saying looking like is because Obi Wan is leading against Leia right now, and Sidious is leading against. Uh, Hondo at the moment, uh, but that one that uh, matchup ends tomorrow morning as of the time we're recording. So, right. um, and it's pretty which, heavily in both of those characters' favors. So, at the moment, yes. So, unless something dramatic happens in the next uh, twelve hours, 
Um, that's how it's going to be. But um, that'll all be over by the time you're hearing this episode. Right. Exactly. <laughs> by the time you're hearing this episode, we'll be to, I think, yeah, we'll be to the final four, I believe. So, um, yeah. But anyway, I really think the final, the final is going to come down to my guess is going to be, I'm going to go with Kylo Ren for the dark side and probably Obi-Wan for the light side. So, and I think Obi-Wan takes it all. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, uh, Yes, there. Um, I'm. I'm gonna though go for Palpatine. Okay, go for pal- uh, go for Pal-Pal- Papa Palpatine. <laughs> go for Papa Palpatine. Um, <laughs> what the hell's an aluminum falcon? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, jeez, he's yeah. crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for Palpatine for the dark side, and um, I'm gonna dark horse this one. And uh, say Ahsoka. Ooh. For the light. Interesting. Yeah. She's got a lot of momentum coming into this tournament, so who knows? But I'm going to dark horse the light side on this one and, and give it to Ahsoka. Um, I like it. And then I think I think she would probably beat Sidious. Although, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think... If it was her versus Sidious, I could see her winning. If it was her versus Kylo, I'd give it to Kylo. Probably. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, time will tell. Time will tell. I'm still hurting from Embo's butt whooping by Maul, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one I was most invested in and saddest about on the light side was uh, Chirrut's loss to Leia. That was, um, and that then was the closest. And then on the dark side, I was utterly shattered when Thrawn beat Krennic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Krennic. My friend, I had some friends over uh, on, on Saturday right before Easter, and we, we watched Rogue One since it's the most sacrificial of the Star Wars films. <laughs> uh, it was a good time. But, uh, Very nice. Anyway, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's hop into these uh these moments from last jedi and we were talking a little bit before before we started recording about um how we've both really started you know we've really come to enjoy this movie even more just in the months since its release and especially with its home release like i i mean i've definitely watched it i think at least six times now since i've gotten the the digital release um and uh the the thing about it is is the more i just watch it as a star Wars movie and enjoy it as a star Wars movie and stop like just nitpicking about like, Oh, I wish it had done this or I wish it had done that. Or I, you know, and just focusing on all the things that I don't think I like. If I just focus on what I enjoy, it's a really good star Wars movie. And it really is. I mean, yeah, there are definitely still things I don't like. There are moments that I don't really love. I still fast forward the entire father, the chase because I just, I, I hate chase scenes in general, like in any movie. So that's, this is not, <laughs> this is not distinct to last Jedi. Um, the, I think the only chase scenes I really love in any movies are the asteroid field and the speeder bike chase. Those are the only chase scenes that I really, really enjoy. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I have home release. I can fast forward what I don't particularly enjoy (laughs) and I got it. I'm sorry to like be a jerk right off the bat, but I always stop the movie with that closing shot of them on the Falcon. I never watch broom boy. So (laughs) (laughs) that's where the movie ends for me. And and I, I mean, I know a lot of people who really enjoy the broom boy scene. I understand its purpose. I I don't hate it. Uh, I just, I don't like that. It's the ending shot. That's all. 
So, but, uh, yeah, I, I can understand. Yeah. But yeah, but you said you've also been enjoying it a bit more since uh, I have, I have, I haven't, uh, watched it. Um, I, I haven't, I don't have it on digital. Well, I have it on digital now cause I it came with my Blu-ray bundle, but, um, I waited until it came out physically and then I, I ended up watching it with, uh, with a friend over the weekend and he was asking me all sorts of questions and he has now decided that uh, we are going to marathon a star Wars Q and a session um, <laughs> so that he could ask me questions about all of them. Um, That's awesome. So I, I'm going to have to have my arm twisted to do that. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it was a lot of fun to, to get to see it again. So um, I did notice you know, after, because we watched it after a big meal, um, I did notice how long the movie was this time as I tried to not fall asleep with the food sitting in my stomach. Um, but <laughs> but uh, that being said, it's really nice to be able to see it again in the comfort of your own home. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's a great movie. It's just, it's a long one. That's for sure. Uh, yes. So. Um, but to be fair, actually, like if you, I, so I did the timing today. Um, if, if you stop it before broom boy, (laughs) um, which although broom boy scene is probably like two minutes, but it's two hours and 22 minutes. If you stop with them on the Falcon, which is actually only like three minutes longer than attack of the clones. So it's really not that that includes the credits of attack of the clones. Oh, good point. Yeah. Which is probably like five minutes. So yeah. But still, I mean, it's like eight minutes longer than Attack of the Clones, which isn't that drastic. Um, I think there's, no. just, there's just a lot more subplots in this one, right? Like Attack of the Clones essentially just has two main plots. You're following Obi-Wan and then you're following Anakin and Padme. Um, I mean, so I think there's just less going on in a way, right? Here you've got, yes. the, you've got the Finn and Rose. You've got Poe and Haldo. You've got Ray and Luke, Ray and Kylo, um, you know tiny bits yeah. of first order stuff. So it's just, it's just a lot more. Yeah. So. And then you get the big climactic moment where they kill Snoke and Kylo does not turn back to the light. And you're like, whoo, that was a good movie. And then you realize, Oh, we've still got 25 minutes left. Cause crate hasn't happened yet. Right. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I mean, like I said, I've I've really been enjoying watching it at home, and oh yeah, um, I watched Force Awakens last week for the first time in a while, and it really enhances Force Awakens in my opinion too. So really flushes it out more. Good, so, but um, so anyway, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's start talking about these moments, and and as we said, we we both have a couple honorable mentions because this is the Wampus Lair, and that's how we do. Um, All right. So I'm gonna let you kick it off, my friend. Okay. Uh, my okay. first honorable mention is what I'm going. To- okay, <laughs> okay. Go for Papa Palpatine. Go for Papa Palpatine. Uh, what the hell's an aluminum falcon? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is my first honorable mention from the Last Jedi. Oh, jeez, um, he's crying. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> Sorry. What you don't know is that Snoke is watching that um, in a little screen hidden on his throne. Um, and he <laughs> – I can't continue that charade. Um, oh, my gosh. 
Uh, anyway, my first honorable mention is um, going to be uh, what I'm tongue-in-cheek calling Ray's first lesson. Nice. Um, where, you know, Luke takes her out to the stone and he's, you know, trying to find out what she knows about the Force. And what she knows about the Force is not anything really about the Force. Uh, it's interesting to know to notice how the Force is talked about a lot more, you know, in the sequel trilogy than it was uh, during the dark times between the uh, prequel and original trilogy. But uh, how little Ray really knows about it, which I, I guess shouldn't be surprised because he hasn't had any formal training. But um, then we get the, the great moment where he has her sit down, close her eyes and tells her to reach out. And she reaches Quite out. Quite literally with, does. <laughs> literally reaches out with her hand and he teases her with the little twig thing he's got. And that's the force. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. And then he smacks her hand. <laughs> he gives her the look like, really? It's one of the best little interchanges in the whole movie. And yeah. of course, then she tries again and we get her vision of the island and, and the force in a sense. Uh, but that first segment, I just love because it, it, it really sets up the, the chemistry that uh, Daisy and, and Mark had on set and uh, what they, what they kind of could have been as master and apprentice. So for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned this because it was on my list and I had to bump it. Um, because like I made my list and I was, and I, it was on it and I was like, Oh crap, I can't believe I forgot this. And I added something else and I was like, unfortunately I'm gonna have to bump this one. Um, but I'm so glad you brought it up because I agree with you to me. It's in, and I know we've talked about this moment before. Um, but it's so good to me because it's, it's Ray's first real encounter with the force. Um, I mean, in right. a way like in force awakens, yes, like she lets it kind of flow through her. That's why she's able to defeat a very wounded Kylo. Um, because she does kind of become this channel for it, but this is her first real experience of what it is. Right. And that's what her question is to Luke. I mean, cause in her mind, it's a superpower. Um, and having read the, the art of last Jedi, um, you know, Ryan Johnson in that talks about how for him, and it's also in one of the uh, bonus features from the, the Blu-ray. Um, but he talks about how, like he really wanted to make the force. He, you know, he wanted to delve more again into like, what is the force? What's it about? And ultimately distinguish it from that of a superpower, right? Like it's not a superpower. And if you look at like the prequels and specifically the clone wars, and this isn't a bashing on the clone wars, it's, it's on purpose, but right in the clone wars, all the Jedi are kind of like these superheroes because they have the force. Um, and mm. I think that was the old way of thinking of the forces. It was like Ray thinks it's, you know, it allows you to control people, but Luke is immediately stripping that that illusion away and saying, no, it's not what it is at all. Um, you know, it's life itself. And, and that's this beautiful moment where he, he helps her tap into the essence of it, but he's, but what is that first lesson for him? The first lesson is, is this is something anyone can reach. Anyone can tap into in a way, even if you're not a Jedi, right? His first lesson to her is the light exists regardless of the Jedi, right? So, Right. Um, and again, like 
you know, my my one continued critique really of the whole Luke stuff in this film is that, you know, Ryan has great explanations as to why Luke is there and what his purpose is and what his plans are. It's never really explicitly fleshed out in the film itself. But I think this scene actually is the closest we get to it because that is Luke's first lesson is right. He says to her, I'll show you the ways of the Jedi and why they must end. Well, he's showing her the ways of the Jedi, which is essentially a Jedi is someone who is connected to the force. It's what Yoda says in the Clone Wars, right? Uh, the Force made visible a Jedi is. It's in the Gathering episode, a great episode of Clone Wars. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so Luke is indeed showing her the way of the Jedi, but why they must end is because they've become vain in the sense that only they can possess it, right? So that's for Luke why it has to end. So, But it's this very beautiful moment. And, and to me, thinking of it in light of like a hero's journey – it, to me, it's analogous with Luke training uh, on the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope, right? You know, I could almost see the probe. You know, that's good. You've taken your first step into a larger world. You know, and this is this is Ray's initial encounter with the Force um, and recognizing that it exists within her, which is very powerful. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to dominate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really glad you brought it up because uh, I love that moment. <laughs> well, good. Uh, what's your first honorable mention? My first honorable mention, which I think you'll enjoy, is Poe taking out the surface cannons at the beginning of the film. Um, nice. I, I, it's one of my favorite action sequences in the entire film. Um, and because again, like it right off, right out of the gate here, we get to see Poe being that ace pilot he was in Force Awakens. Right, that's one hell of a pilot. I can just hear oh, Finn yeah. yelling that from his back to suit. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean. It, Again, there's a deleted scene with this. We learn what Poe's objective is in this little maneuver. It's ultimately just to go stall the dreadnought so that the rest of the resistance fleet can flee. That's why when he when he does that, they're successfully gone. That's why Leia says, you did it, Poe. Good job. Like, you distracted them. But Poe wants more. <laughs> um uh, but there's so much of that scene, too, that really makes me think of the opening space battle of Revenge of the Sith. Like, I really enjoy BB-8's little antics down inside the guts of the X-Wing. Um, and it's just, it's so fun and exciting just seeing Poe tear into this stuff and like just seeing him be such a badass pilot. Like we, we know he is and favorite part of that entire battle is the maneuver he pulls after, you know, um, taking out that last cannon and like doing that really cool, like stall turn where he gets behind the two TIE fighters and just blows them out of the sky and like, yell, like, you know, yells in victory. It's so great. Yeah. That's a, it's a little maneuver from the Battle of Tanab. Um, <laughs> maybe not quite, um, but but yeah, no, it's a great it's a great maneuver. It's always really cool to watch him do that. And I'm like, yes, he is one hell of a pilot. Um, but I will have much more to say on this scene later, so I will reserve <laughs> the rest of my comments. Very cool. What you got next? Uh, my second honorable mention is uh, BB-8 at the casino. Um, the the fact that he uh, gets mistaken for a slot machine, I think, is hilarious. And that little <laughs> guy just keeps, uh, you know, dropping coins in him. And then later on, when they they find the the master code breaker, you can hear the coins rattling around within BB-8 as he's rolling around. Um, and then they keep that through line going when he re- helps to rescue them from the prison. 
and he uses them as, you know, essentially a gun and he, you know, blows his little, his blaster, so to speak, when he's done <laughs> knocking out the guard with the coins. So I, I just love the, the little sequence that BB-8 gets at the casino and the prison. So it cracks me up. So nothing much deeper than that. You know, I this is great. You know, it's it's been six and a half years, Jason, and I continue to love doing this podcast for these very reasons. <laughs> that moment wouldn't have come anywhere close to my list. Um, like, not because I think it's awful or anything, but it's just it's certainly not something I'd key in on. This is what I love about you. Like, I love that these are the moments that you can really enjoy. It, I do. I do like when the little alien is putting the coins into him. It's really funny. And then when he's rolling around, you can hear the coins inside him, like moving yeah. around as well. It's, it's, it's really it, as much as like Canto bite um, more specifically the second half after they're arrested, like, and up through that in the chase, I find just like, it's slow to me and I, it's kind of boring to me at that point. Um, their, their initial arrival though. I love it. I think it's really great. It's a great visual planet. Um, and uh, it's very prequely, and I like that because obviously, yeah. if anybody who's listening to our show, like they know how much you and I both really love the prequels. So I like that Ryan yeah. was not afraid to make all of those nods in the way that, like, as much as I love JJ and, and Force Awakens, um, right? Like he was always very, uh, very honest about his disdain of the prequels. I mean, he he dialed it down when he started making Force Awakens, but you know. The way he would talk about the way he was making that film, it's like, okay, you really have no, you clearly don't have any respect for the prequels. Um, so I love that Ryan, you know, still rooted so much of this film experience in the prequels. And, and that's exactly what Cantobite is to me. Um, yes, I still would have loved some familiar aliens, but it still has such a prequely feel. And like little moments like that are exactly like what personify that. Like they're just these goofy, silly little moments. Um, which I also think are important in a heavy film like this. Right, right. Now it, it's one of those those moments, and then of course you you get to see during the chase when the fathers you know break through the uh, into the casino and coins are going everywhere. That little alien, you know, finally gets his <laughs> his jackpot. Yep, and that little alien is of course voiced by Mark Hamill. So I did um, not know that. Yes, that that is a a Mark Hamill cameo that's amazing um, so that that's great um i love the what moment. about you your- oh sorry just real quick but i do love my favorite part on canto bite is when you got the little guy who's on the table who's the dealer and he's like <laughs> house wins and then that guy like pounds it. he's like what are your manners <laughs> <laughs> i just that always yes. i do get a kick out of that i think that's funny um, you better watch it little guy that that big guy's gonna eat you i know right um <laughs> what's your second honorable mention so mine is quite epic for an honorable mention and i know some people are probably thinking how is this just an honorable mention no it's not that moment but it is i call it the the, the haldo maneuver and that all those climactic shots during the haldo maneuver um really what sells this moment most of all to me is the music and it is her theme like i love that john williams gave her a theme so the two new themes we get in last jedi are holdo's theme and roses roses is obviously much more prevalent much more dominant um but we do get holdo's theme which is amazing um here i'm gonna well here i'll, I'll play the actual theme itself um this is off to off the expanded soundtrack that a listener was kind enough to send to us <laughs> um i want to find the actual Where's the Hercule? Here it is. 
Nope, that's the first thing. Oh, no, this is it. So we hear it a few times throughout the film. Like, we hear it during her introduction, obviously, um, when the, the shuttles are taking off. But, uh, I mean, there's nothing quite like this, like, the epic music that goes with... The, it's Yeah, it's called Haldo's Resolve, also on the expanded soundtrack. But... I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward just to where it picks up. Ah, sorry. Here it comes. This is her, you know, deciding she gets in the chair. Her theme right here, swelling, makes this decision. I love this moment. Yeah. Kylo and Rey battling over the lightsaber. Finn and Rose about to go down. Although those deep blue eyes, I'm going to give up my life for these people. And here it goes. Oh, so good. Ah. And then silence, so good. right? I mean, to me, this is one of the best moments of the film. What the hell am I doing making this an honorable mention? But... Um, Jason, here comes a one-star review. I did it wrong. Um, but, uh, uh, to me though, I mean, the best part of that scene is the music. I mean, this is just John Williams, just crushing it. Um, Oh, that is John Williams at his grandest. Yeah. You just have all this amazing stuff. Um, but to me, it's also like, I almost fast forwarded a little bit before this, because I mean, I'll be honest. I hated Haldo the first time I saw the movie up until these moments, and which, in some ways, like I don't know, like I, hopefully, it's, I don't think it's because it is what it is. We, I like Poe. Poe was our hero from the last movie, so I don't understand why she's not sharing the information with him. It obviously clears itself up later in the film, but I love the moment, which to me is where she gets redemption in Poe's eyes. When she turns the ship around, right? And Connick says she's running away. No, she yeah. isn't, right? Poe knows what she's about to do. And in that moment, Poe realizes he was wrong. This woman knows what's up. And he has nothing but a deep and utter respect for her. Because she is choosing yeah. right now to give up her life so that that spark of the resistance can go on. And yeah. it's just it's just this beautiful moment. You have, again, like... You know, also shoved in there is that climactic pull for the the Skywalker lightsaber, right? So it's this climactic moment. And like I said, like, boom, she goes into light speed and then silence. Like, just to, like, really let you take in how powerful this scene is. And then the explosion happens. And to me, it's, it's, it's like a big bang experience. Like you have something new starting out of, out of the, the, the death that Haldo, I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself that we didn't mention this moment in, in last week's episode talking about sacrifice, um, because this oh, is such a beautiful moment of sacrifice for Haldo right? and her giving up her life. It's like this, this big bang experience and now a new life will arise from the destruction and the ashes of what she just did. And I just think it's that it's such a beautiful moment. It's really good. It's so good. I'm, you know, reserving comment till later. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) One of us is doing it. One of us is doing it right. (laughs) 
and it's me this time for once. Um, I know. I know it. <laughs> um, I know. Oh, because apparently if you like Newt Gunray more than you like Thrawn, then you're doing it wrong. Ugh, um, I way prefer Newt Gunray to Thrawn. I'll take him anytime. <laughs> he cracks me up. At last you come before us, your highness. Oh, highness. You are not, not so pleased when you hear I have to save Iceroy. Save Iceroy. Your trade boycott of our planet, planet has ended. I was unaware of such failure. I have word that the ambassadors, chancellors, are, the chancellors, ambassadors are with you now. You've been forced to make a settlement. I know nothing of any ambassadors. You must be mistaken. Beware, Viceroy. The Federation has gone too far this time. We would never do anything without the approval of the Senate. You assume too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. If you could see me doing it, my lips kind of move in a similar fa- ma- fashion that his do. It helps me get the voice better. It's weird. It's really weird. God, I love Phantom Menace. Um, but this is The Last Jedi. Sorry, everybody. Last Jedi. Let's get back. Um, number five. Number is where five, we're at, right? sir. Yes, yes, indeed. All right. Well, my number five is Finn meet Rose. Um, I really like the scene uh, where Finn and Rose meet. Um, I, I like the, the musical cues. I really like their interaction because, um, I think one of the, the best, um, you know, the, the two characters, two characters that have some of the best chemistry in this movie, I think are Finn and Rose, um, Kelly Marie Tran and John Boyega do a great job. And Kelly Marie was a great addition to the cast. Um, and I, I like the fact that, this this is a scene that shows us not only where Finn's head is at, he's not committed to the, the resistance. He is definitely only in this foray at this point. That's where we're really reestablishing where he is because he was a hero. He helped them at the Battle of um, Starkiller Base. You know? <laughs> and, and, and it wasn't really for the resistance. He went back for Ray. That's why he was there. And this is reminding us, yeah, hold your horses, folks. He's not on board yet. Um, and then of course we get, you know, really introduced to who Rose is and what her motivations for everything is. Um, and, and I love the moment where she's talking about the Finn <laughs> and, the Finn. you know, the fact that she's, you know, doing talking with resistance heroes. Um, you know, doing, May doing the force talking. be with you. Wow. Right. You too. Wow. <laughs> you too. And then when she realizes what he's doing, she's like, uh-uh. Oh, oh, son. And she just zaps him with her taser thing. And he goes flying. I, I, the whole scene is great. And then, you know, even when it continues on as their discussion, as she's carting him off to, you know, the, the brig, um, I think is great too, but I think primarily that first section of their meeting is is my favorite of this this whole group of it. But I I like the introduction of these characters because they they work so well together for me throughout the rest of the movie. Um, and I, it's I just love it. It's a it's a really fun uh relationship to see begin. Yeah. I, I I'm glad you mentioned. I, I I mean I'll just be upfront. I have nothing 
regarding either of those characters. Um, I like Finn and Rose just fine. They're just, I don't know. I still, even still to this day, like when I watch that movie, they're the characters I care the least about. Um, and I don't know why. Um, like I, the thing I love about Rose's character is she is the goodness and innocence that we haven't had really since episode one, right? Like her theme song just reminds me so much of Anakin's theme. Um, and, but I love that. I, that is a great moment, Jason, like their initial meeting, because it's also one of the main themes of this film, which is when your, you know, dink, dink, air quotes, heroes aren't what you want them to be, or what they expect right. or what you expect them to be. Right. Like here's Rose, like you know, he sees her mourning, you know, the loss of her sister. I mean, and, and I love Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran is amazing. Um, yes. both, both as a human being and also as portraying Rose. Um, and right away, like I, every time I do see that scene, like I care for her right away. Like I feel so bad for her. She's just lost her best friend and like her whole world. Right. Like, which is not a new experience for star Wars characters, but all the same, like no. your heart really goes out to her because she acts it so well. Um, and then here comes Finn, the Finn, and she's so excited. She, you know, this is her hero that she's been worshiping. I mean, what for a day, but still, <laughs> um, <laughs> again, I, I, I still wish, I mean, I understand why it picks up right after force awakens, but I think that's the biggest thing that hurts the film. I think um, you can squeeze two or three days in there. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah. I, I, it, it could easily be a couple days after. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that Octu is just like Dagobah in the sense that time is and, and Mortis, right? Like because they're these heavy force planets, time is different there. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, so here is Rose seeing her hero and then immediately being disappointed and who he is more like who he isn't. He's right. just a coward. And that right. totally crushes her perspective of him. But that's the beauty of it, because then their arc becomes she ultimately re- redeems him. She gives him a purpose beyond just his selfish motive to get Ray and try to run away. I don't think Poe real or Poe Finn realizes though. There's no way, no way Ray is ever going to do that anyway, but he still has that, you know, kind of naive thought. So, and ultimately Rose, who would be what we would consider to be the dink, dink, naive one. She's ultimately the one with just the pure and good heart who brings out that goodness that does. She knows it exists in Finn. And she's the one to bring it out. So that's that's the beauty of their arc. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. They were really, you know, talking and promoting this movie uh, in regards to Ray and Luke as, you know, you don't necessarily want to meet your heroes because they're not who you think they are. And then right off the bat, we get Rose meeting Finn, and you know, it, it, it's not just uh, Ray and. And Luke, it's Rose and Finn. In a sense, it's kind of Poe and Holdo a little bit because he knows of Holdo's exploits. You know, he talks about Battle of Chiron Belt, Holdo. You know, right? Not what I expected. Um, Paul. You know, <laughs> Yonto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy. I do um, too. Oh, God. I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, but yeah, no, I. I like that scene. It's my number five. What's your number five? Uh, my number five is it's similar to your your first honorable mention, but it's a Ray scene, and it's the the moment when she is called by the sacred tree, by the Force tree, and the Jedi text. Um, 
I love this moment. So again, it's it's very similar to that moment when she, you know, is like literally called down into the basement of Maz's, you know, castle to find Luke's lightsaber. Again, it's that similar theme where the force is really audibly calling to her. Um, you know, it really it really has a purpose for her. It's doing everything it can to 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 bring her um, you know, into the fold here. And uh so she goes into this temple and um and, and obviously like I love any sort of lore around the Jedi and the Jedi religion and you know, right, Luke explains that it's been there since essentially the formation of the Jedi and it was built for the purpose of housing the sacred texts. Which again, um, so if you haven't read the Last Jedi novel, it's definitely worth a read because um, it expands on a lot of stuff that we we don't get in the film. And for instance, in this scene, we learn um, through like exposition that Luke brought all those sacred texts back. So one of the first things he did after Return of the Jedi, and if you've read the Legends of Luke Skywalker um, book, it's kind of in there. But Luke basically just starts going on like a crusade throughout the galaxy to to gather information on Jedi lore and, and force knowledge. Um, his, you know, so his initial goal is not to start a Jedi order, which I think is really cool. Um, that's a topic we're going to definitely get into in the next few weeks, by the way. So I'll, I'll kind of bookmark that for now. Um, but it's cool to learn that like that that this this sacred temple was built for that purpose, but they weren't it doesn't sound like most of them were there. So Luke with R2, which is fun to know, um, goes around the galaxy to collect all those and bring them back there. So again, I just I love that idea that Luke is the one who brought all the texts here. Um and uh you know, Ray reveals in that moment that she has seen this island before. And that's when Luke it like it really triggers for Luke because right up till now, like she's just she's saying like come back the resistance needs you we want you to join this war blah 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 and it's here where luke recognizes like the force is obviously calling out to this young woman who are you you know and, and she again it's i'm no one i'm yeah no well you know you know she kind of goes back to the the stock answer of like oh you know the resistance sent me they sent you what's special about you um why are you yeah, here right and you know and then he changes it to, so where are you from? Nowhere. <laughs> no one's from no nowhere. No one is from nowhere. Jakku. Okay, um, that is pretty much nowhere. But yeah, why, are, why you, are you here? Ray from nowhere. Yeah. Right? It's it's such a, like, it just makes me think of, like, a Zen master moment. Or, you know, it, what I love is it's like an early indicator of, like, yes, Luke would be such a good teacher, right? Like, he's, this is like your typical spiritual mentor type figure. He's he's asking the deeper question of, why are you here, right? Like, he really stresses that. Like, you're not just right. here to bring me back to the fight. Why are you here? Like, what is your purpose here? And, um, right. It, it, sorry, just for a quick second. It's it's one of my favorite stories from, from scripture, which is in, in the Gospel of John, where, you know, these two, these two randos are following Jesus after the wedding at Cana and he turns around, he's like, what are you looking for? Right. It's just this very penetrating question. And, 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 and the actual Greek translation is ultimately, what do you, what do you, what do you seek? And they're like, where are you staying? We want it. We're looking for you, Messiah. <laughs> um, and I, and so I love like that correlation in this scene. This is Luke again. He's the spiritual master. He's the one who's saying, what do you, what is your deep purpose? And then the scene is just so well acted by both Daisy and Mark and the music yeah. also beautifully comes in here. And Ray talks about, you know, there's something inside me that's awake and I'm afraid. 
I don't know what it is or what to do with it. And, and again, like that's so indicative of somebody having like a profound spiritual awakening or spiritual experience. Whenever somebody has a, a divine encounter in all of scripture, their initial reaction is fear. Um, that's one of the like quintessential aspects of having a, a, a spiritual experience is one of fear. So I love that they're staying with that tradition. Ray's afraid of this in a way, and she wants to know what to do with it. So that's for her, her purpose, right? She finally reveals her deeper purpose. And Luke says, sorry, not going to happen. You need a teacher, but I'm not, but it ain't me. So just right. like in connection to what you were just talking about, Jason, with, you know, Rose and Finn, this is Ray's moment of utter disappointment, right? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't get it. What do you mean it's time for the Jedi to end? Right? Like it's it, uh, like, and I totally get that. Like being totally disappointed when you have all these high expectations in someone or something that it's, this is what you need. This is who you need. And then it's not, it's just like, I feel so much for Ray in that moment, that disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great scene because it really sets the tone for where the rest of, of her time in Octo is going to go, you know, is, is how it all is going to end up because Listen to you and your rhymes to go. go. <laughs> oh, well, you know, um, but it also forces her to really acknowledge what's going on inside because she's kind of, you know, she, she reaches in and touches the force and the force awakens, you know, and uh, she's able to, to utilize it but only in moments of extreme stress or things like that. Uh, it's the only time she will ever reach out and she's afraid of it. She doesn't really want to deal with it, but it's this thing that won't go away. Right. Um, and so, well, let me just put it this way. Leia never does anything by accident. And so when she sends <laughs> Ray right. to find Luke, she knows it's not only to bring Luke back, you know, out of hiding, but because Ray needs it. Mm-hmm. Leia, Leia is too smart to just, you know, she's not going to send a, you know, rando rebel soldier number one to go track down Luke Skywalker. No, no, she, she needs to send someone who will intrigue him in a way that gets him engaged, but also someone that needs Luke. Right. And Ray needs Luke. Yeah. Um, and so this is when she really fully acknowledges it uh, and acknowledges that she needs help with yeah. whatever this, this thing is. Right. By the way, that's Leia basically just playing Jedi matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but real quick, that's her I, force I, power. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to key on what you just said though. Cause I think it's absolutely brilliant, which is, um, Oh crap. Just went right out of my head, but it was so brilliant. What did you say? Uh, um, forces oh, Ray to yeah, Ray. So again, to counter all the Mary Sue garbage, um, right here, Ray is admitting she needs help. She can't become a Jedi on her own. And for everybody who says like, oh, she does all these great Jedi things by the end of the movie, no, she really doesn't. <laughs> like, we know she's a good melee fighter, and she moves some rocks. <laughs> like, yes. That's that's it. So, um, and, and I think and that that Ray has Skype that yeah. for Skype that was going on. Most of that was set up by Snoke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> most of it. So. Excuse me, but no. I, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, 
this is the typical stance of an apprentice with a master, which is the first thing is admitting what you need and that you in and of yourself are not capable of what you know you can become. That's why we seek out mentors. So, yeah, exactly. Great point, my friend. Thank you. Um, What's your number four? My number four. uh, This is Holdo's Sacrifice. Oh, you brought it up earlier. I, I gotta, I gotta do a big shout out to, to this scene. This scene combined with the, the, um, What's going on between Kylo and Rey at the same time is one of the tensest, most on the edge of your seat moments for me still uh, watching the movie. Even even though I've seen it, you know, almost a dozen times by this time, by this point, uh, maybe more, um, I still lean in to this moment Um on the one hand, for what happens with Kylo and Rey, it's, it's it's interesting, it's exciting, but it's the music that really kicks in when Holdo decides what to do that gets me on the edge of my seat. And and Holdo's sacrifice, uh, where she proves why she is the one who is logical to take over for Leia, um, you know, because they, they say, you know, the succession of power is clear, um, you know, the succession of commands, excuse me, is clear. Vice Admiral Holdo of the, the cruiser Ninka. And, you know, Poe's like, wait a sec, what? Me? Was not me? Um, but, um, but this is why Holdo was the, the clear choice in the eyes of the resistance leadership to take over while Leia was in her coma. Um, because she doesn't hesitate to sacrifice herself for the people that she is supposed to be leading, supposed to be protecting. And it is one of the most epic visuals in star Wars. When that cruiser blasts into hyperspace and just ricochets its way through the first order fleet. And everyone knows how much I love the, the sonic charge sounds from attack of the clones. This is, like that times about 10. So when the, you know, it goes completely dead silent and then just, you hear the, the, the reverberation of the, it's not even really an explosion. It's just the ships just crack in two, you know? Um, and it's just, Oh, it's stunning and it's highly impactful and it, really defines who Holdo is as a character. And um, I, I really, really love that moment. So yeah, you brought it up earlier, but I had a little bit higher on my list. So I figured <laughs> this is where I get to gush all over it. Um, yeah, fair. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say anything cause I've said what I need to say about it. So, <laughs> but like I said, that music starts when, when she starts, you know, walking or you, that zoom in shot of her through the view screen as she steps around the chair to sit down. And as that music starts, that's when I lean in and I'm like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. So every time, every time. So it's gotta be on my list. High my list. If I keep having that reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a fair point. (laughs) All right. Uh, What's your number four? 
My number four is uh, Yoda's final lesson. Um, and so this was the one that wasn't on my list. And then as I was sitting down and uh, I was like, wait a minute, what the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> um, I got to get this in there. And, uh, and I knew it had to be kind of high. So, um, and it, it's so good. I mean, I, I, I love that they use puppet Yoda, even though I think the initial shot of him looks horrible. <laughs> um, I really <laughs> do. I know. That, I remember Joe Hogan and I argued about that the first night we saw it. Cause he's like, I'm so glad they brought it back. It's perfect. I'm like, no, it's not that first, that first shot looked terrible. Um, but like, as like all the close up stuff with him and Mark acting is perfect. It's just that first initial shot. I just think he looks terrible. Um, but, uh, I love this moment because also in the context of the the film at this point, right? Like Ray has just abandoned Luke. And again, it's something I learned from reading the novel, which was really cool is Luke has tried several times to burn down the, uh, the sacred Jedi temple and the text, but he can never bring himself to do it. And every time he does it, he, he does it like a ritual. He puts on his Jedi robes and his plan is to go in there and burn him down. It's, it's not necessarily implied that he'll burn himself with it. Um, right. I've heard some people say like, that's kind of his plan is he's going to burn it down with himself inside. Um, the, the novel doesn't clarify that particular point, but it does clarify that he's tried it several times before. And apparently when Ray shows up at the end of force awakens at the beginning of this film, he had just come back from another failed attempt of trying to do it, um, which uh, which kind of bummed me out because I, I loved like your idea that like the reason he gets back into the Jedi robes is he sees the Falcon and assumes it's probably Han and or Leia. Um, so he wants to greet them in his Jedi best. <laughs> um, so I don't like that it's him coming from a, a failed attempt at uh, burning down the, the temple there. But the reason it does make more sense. It does. It, it really does. And what I like, what I, the reason I actually really like though, that he's tried several times and fails every time. And again, is ultimately not able to do it in this particular moment, right? Like he's really hesitating, like, and it's, it's Yoda who has to literally do it. Um, and the reason I like that Luke is still so hesitant is right. He he's there to die and, and let the Jedi order die so that something else can rise in its place. But Luke is still, which which Yoda says right to him, Luke is still that like young boy in a way from Tatooine who just is fascinated by the Jedi. Like he cannot bring himself to be the author of the destruction of the Jedi, right? No. That's not in Luke's being. So again, like while it is, yes, hard to see that Luke made such a drastic choice by coming here to begin with. He's still that same Luke Skywalker. He's still that young kid staring at the sunset who dreams of being a Jedi Knight and all that that entails. And to me, that's why he can't bring himself to to, to burn this down is because he's still that same kid in a way deep down inside um, his his love and reverence of what the Jedi are and what they represent is still like so ingrained in him that he can't do this. Um, and uh, so. What is Yoda's final lesson here to Luke? The goodness of failure, right? Like it's in, and again, it's Yoda speaking from experience, right? Like hello, clone wars, hello, rise of the empire. That all happened on Yoda's watch. He's well aware of failure. Um, and what he says to Luke that I really like too, like, you know, you know, still looking to the horizon, not here now, right? Smacks him on the nose. Um, this is what's in front of your 
knows? <laughs> you know, this is the Yoda who's clearly been trained by Qui Gon Jinn, who loves the Living Force, right? That's what Yoda is imparting to Luke. One of his final lessons is like, "Listen up, kid. You are not listening to the Living Force. You are not listening to the will of the Force." And that's ultimately this is the encounter that it you know entices him to force project to crate at the end of the film. It's this final lesson from Yoda that he accepts his failure and the responsibility that comes with that failure, which he is yet to be able to do until now. And Yoda, and I think it's so important that it's Yoda that shows up again. Um, you know, I've, I love my buddy, Matt Rushing, but he, you know, he said several times, you know, Oh, Luke would never do this. Like if he screwed up, he would hear from force ghosts. And if Matt's listening, and this is not meant to be like a slam on you. Cause I totally get your point, but it's to me, it's like the reason Yoda never encountered Luke before now is because Luke shut himself off from the force, right? Like, yeah, that's an integral part of the plot. We learn earlier in the film. Yoda couldn't have gotten through. Um, you know, Luke deleted all his social media. There was no getting in touch. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he, he, you know, threw away his cell phone, deleted all his social media accounts. He didn't leave a forwarding address. Um, and there's no telegraph on Octo. Right. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and the porgs, they're just, they're just too cute and plunky to like be messenger birds. Right. Um, I was say carrier porgs, uh, they're not unionized yet. Um, <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I like that it's Yoda that shows up because Luke is still in need of a lesson. Um, and of course it's going to be the Yoda is going to be the one to teach him. And now that Luke has opened himself to the force again, Yoda can finally show up. And I think Yoda offers Luke something that he's yet to be able to do, which is forgiving himself. Yoda doesn't come there and judge him. I mean, he says, you know, you lost Ben solo, but we can't lose Ray. Right. Like he doesn't judge him or condemn him for losing Ben. He just points out the fact of the matter. But he's saying we the force has responded with something great. Let's not ignore that. Right. So I think Yoda is the one he needs to be able to forgive himself. And like I said, take responsibility for this failure of his. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just I love it that it's, it's Yoda that and that's giving him the final instruction. Yeah. Uh, the You know. The great line that that scene ends with is, you know, um, they are what we grow. Uh, they, they are what are, we grow beyond. We are what they grow beyond. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the, the true lesson for all masters. Or uh, something the, like they, that. But the, the true burden for all, burden of, of all masters. masters yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the other thing that he really teaches Luke, not in so many words, is that he's being a bit too precious with the items of the Jedi, um, particularly yes. the, the sacred Jedi texts. Yeah, he uh, because you know Luke objects. You know when when Yoda sets the temple the the tree on fire. Uh, you know the sacred Jedi texts. Oh, read them? Have you? Page turners? They were not. You know. Um, he makes fun of them for a minute, you know, and this is the grand master of the, the old Republic <laughs> who, making fun of the ancient Jedi texts. Um, and of course we later find out that they're not there anyway. They're right. Where are they? 
they're on the Millennium Falcon in a bunk in a in a trunk essentially where Ray can access them and learn from them because it seems that they've been sitting there untouched and unused ever since Luke put them there. They're not fulfilling their purpose, and right. Luke has been sort of Id- idol idolizing them in a way, um, which is not which is, you know, one of the failures of the old Jedi is idolizing the, uh, the Jedi code. Right. In a sense, you know, and when you start idolizing the, the codes and the, the texts, you forget about the present and the here and now and how to walk it out. And um, it's a really great scene. And I, this didn't make it on my list because I just went with the first things that, Sure. Hit me as yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. And of course this scene and a couple other scenes popped into my head afterwards. And I was like, nope, nope, not going to do it. Just going to let it sit, let it lie. Um, but I love this scene so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really- every time the camera pans over and you see those ears, you know, <laughs> I, I just laugh and I get excited um, because it's great. So, yeah. I real quick though, I do love what you said and, and, and about how right, like Yoda is also reminding him not to idolize the past. Which again, it, that's also one of the main themes of this film, right? Is to not make idols out of what came before, um, because that's in a way what the old Jedi Order did. And again, I I really hope this gets explored at some point, whether it's in a TV series or or a novel series, and and I'm sure that it will. But you know, what was Luke's mentality when he started this new Jedi Order? Um, what you know, what was his mentality before that? You know, I just want to, I, I want to know more about that stuff. I mean, as Star Wars fans, that's inevitable, right? We all want to know more. Um, but I think, you know, for Luke, um, he, and, and the fact that he thinks the order must end, what, what part of the order is he focused on too, right? Like when he's telling Ray, like, you know, they let the, you know, Darth Sidious rise to power, create the empire and, you know, Obi-Wan's responsible for creating Darth Vader, the greatest villain of all time. And Luke is focused on this, um, doctrinal version of the Jedi and is forgotten what it just simply means to be a Jedi, um, which is, you know, what Yoda has always been. Yoda learned how to continue to be a Jedi even when the order failed, right? Um, he continues to be a Jedi while he's um, in exile on Dagobah. And that's something when Luke fails, he, f- he forgets how to continue as a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're That's to a scene. We could like do an entire, I know, I know exactly. So, um, let's, let's keep moving. Um, we're on to our number threes. What do you got? My number three is uh throne room shenanigans. Is what I, I call it. Um, and then this is just the whole, it's kind of cheating because it's a really long scene. Uh, but the whole sequence with Ray and Kylo and Snoke and the duel um, in the throne room on, on Snoke's ship. Um, I love it. It's a fantastic sequence. And it kind of ties into, you know, my number four hold of sacrifice because it, it's woven in with that. Um, but I, this is the testing ground for Ray and for Kylo. This is where we really find out what they're made of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray is stronger than she thinks, but uh, Ray is stronger than than Snoke and Kylo think, but not as strong as she thinks. 
Um, and Kylo's ambition is a selfish one, not necessarily geared towards furthering the First Order. The First Order is a tool to bring about the order that he wants because mm. he's such so in turmoil. Um, and I, there's there's a lot that goes on, and I don't I don't have we don't have the time to delve into you know all the stuff that happens with Snoke. Um, and then the duel, which is awesome, but I absolutely love this whole sequence. Um, and yes, I know I'm kind of cheating because it is like five, ten minutes of the movie, but, <laughs> um, it's my podcast too. I'm allowed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I don't necessarily need, uh, feel the need to go in too deep with this because we, you know, we talked about, uh, part of this scene on a previous episode not too long ago, and we will talk about this scene again in the future. Um, there's no doubt about that. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty likely that'll come up again. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I'm going to reserve comment. So, okay, excellent. Uh, what's your number three? Uh, my number three and my number two are very interchangeable. They 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 could both be number two or number three. Um, it's almost a tie. And it's obvious, and they're all from very similar moments. But for my number three, I have Luke versus Kylo and Luke's death. Um, I kind of put that all together. Um, okay. So it's, you know, it's it's, and it, it, you'll see why it's it's connected very closely to my next one. But um, when Luke chooses to fight, um, I think I, I've been trying to think back to when I saw the movie the first time, where in the film. I just I, I went from saying this is one of the best Star Wars films I've ever seen to this is one of the best films I've ever seen. Not sure it's one of it's not not sure it's a great Star Wars film. And I think it was here and it I mean I've I have no problem saying this. I think it's because it's not what I wanted, right? Which is I wanted Luke to go out there, force push some of those, you know, MTTEs. Are they is that right? MTTEs? Is that what they are? MTM six. MTM sixes. I wanted to see him go force push a few of those, maybe a crush a head or two with, you know, like a force crush move. And just like totally own Kylo, not kill him, obviously, but um, like just own him in a fight. So when that didn't happen, yeah, I think that's when I had my first real big disappointment because um, it's not what I wanted. But with, you know, as I've seen this film more and more, I've come to really love the way this all goes down because this is the Luke of Return of the Jedi um, in the sense that he goes into this moment with no intention of killing Kylo. And again, like initially I didn't know that it was a force projection, um, even though the hints were right there, even into the, you know, as we go into it, I, I didn't notice them. I was like, Oh, interesting. Why are they showing us Luke's boots? Cool. Um, <laughs> um, very stylized shots. Yeah. And also some beautiful shots too, as they stand there facing off against each other. Again, it just reminds me of, revenge of the sith like just these beautiful powerful visuals with you know like this just like deep orange you know background and stuff just like emanating the 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 fire between these two characters um and i love kylo in this moment kylo is he just reminds me so much of anakin and the way he reacts to obi-wan on mustafar in revenge of the sith like you know you turned her against me um i hate you right like all this anger yeah. at obi-wan because he genuinely believes that obi-wan personally betrayed him and that's the same thing kylo's feeling towards luke right yeah. like and i'm sorry i I'm bet sure, you are i'm sure you are well, i'm sure you are <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Um, but you know, there's just, it's so sad to see there that like Kylo is just so consumed by his hate. Yeah. Um, and, and then you have Luke who's genuinely in a way asking for forgiveness, right? Like, and I love that, you know, Kylo's like, did you come here to forgive me and save my soul? No, <laughs> but I think in a way Luke's come into this moment, even though I think he, he obviously knows it's probably not going to happen, but he, Luke actually is the one coming seeking forgiveness, even though he's probably well aware that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah. you know, for Kylo, this is the reason he, you know, he's so gung ho on striking Luke down here is I think in a way it's about proving himself still like he wants to prove that he is the most powerful and badass force user in the entire galaxy. He is as strong as Darth Vader. Um, right. But, uh, it's also because he just really hates his uncle. He really thinks his uncle betrayed him. Um, but then we get the reveal uh, of what's really going on here. And, and and to me, it's one of the most incredible shots in all of star Wars is that shot of Luke force levitating above that rock, the music and the Ugh. choir swelling. Um, and, and it's just this super powerful moment where we see exactly what we did want to see, just maybe not in the way we wanted to, which is we see Luke being the most powerful Jedi ever. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen another Jedi do that? Hell no. Cause nobody else could not even Yoda. Um, and you know, Luke is able to do something we've never seen before. So again, as awesome as it, and I'm, I'm again, I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah, as awesome as it would have been to see Luke whip out that green lightsaber and, you know, kick some butt that's Luke just continuing to be the same type of Jedi of old. Luke is a new type of Jedi. He proved that in return of the Jedi and he continues mm-hmm. to prove that here but he's also showing how powerful in the force he's become. And, and it's something so subtle yet so profound. And, and that's what I love that, that Ryan went into an old Jedi lore book too, right? Like this is Ryan pulling from the legends canon. And it's just something we've never seen on screen before. And it's something that's only an incredibly powerful Jedi could pull off. So we do get to see Luke be the most powerful Jedi. Again, it's just in a different way than probably what we expected. Right. Um, so I, I love that. And, and, you know, Luke's death then immediately after is just beautiful as he looks off into the, you know, the dual sunset. The look on his face is just, as Ray says, right, it's peace and purpose. Luke finally fulfills what his destiny is now. I mean, Luke had a destiny in the original films, right? And his right. destiny was to redeem his father. And he does it. And he, in you know, in union with the father... <laughs> theological language um bring balance to the force and it was in balance but now it's gone out of balance again and luke has lit the spark to bring it back into balance that was his purpose here to light that spark again to to own his legend once again to inspire others so luke goes out with peace and purpose because of that yeah no i uh it's so good it's so good and i'm not going to talk about it quite yet um <laughs> <laughs> let's go to number two then uh my number two and you've already mentioned it is the dreadnought assault oh go wow okay beginning sure. of the movie. i absolutely love the dreadnought assault um this is uh it's a really fun space battle i wish we got a little bit more on the dog fighting side uh but you know we get the great you know, flying by Poe, 
the antics of BB-8, the the bombing run. We get the great, you know, First Order character in Captain Kennedy, who should have gotten more than five bloody minutes of screen time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it kicks off the movie in such a great way um, that, you know, it starts the tension that almost doesn't let up the entire movie. Um, but it's such a fun sequence. Um, and then you get the heroism of Paige. Uh, combined with the the high flying of, of Poe and all that fun stuff, it, it, it's such a such a fun, good scene, well crafted scene by Ryan and the the crew. So I I don't have much else to say about it other than I just love it so much. Um, and honestly, I don't need to say anything else. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. Because again, it's it's just a really fun scene. It is. It's it just, is so fun. It's still it's your quintessential Star Wars action scene. Yes, and it's so good. And I mean that in all that's in all of the goodness of the, what that what that statement entails. Um, it's not a, it's not a copy. It's just, but it's a continuation of those really fun space battles that we've come to expect from Star Wars. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I still think my favorite is probably uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, hands down, yeah. mine too. When we were watching but, Rogue One this weekend, Greg again said to me, he's like, so can you admit yet that this space battle is better than Return of the Jedi? I go, no, and I never will. I go, I love it. I think it's amazing. But Return of the Jedi is just going to always be my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will agree. I totally agree on that. The Rogue One battle is probably number two um, combined with this one. The Ooh, I last s- Jedi. Jason, you smell that? I smell another top five. Episode coming Ooh, down the pipe. Top five space battles. Oh. I smell what you're cooking, Carl. <laughs> it's tuba. Ayonkato. Ayonto. Oh, we got to find out that character's name because I feel like he'd be good friends with Foden Bead. <laughs> uh, I'm going to reach behind to my last Jedi visual dictionary and I'll look that up while you give us your number two. All right. Well, my number two, which I, I think will be high on your list. Um, so I'm kind of combining again things because just like, yeah, let's I'll be honest, like Luke showing up at the end of the movie is just awesome. But to me, my number two, I call it the Luke and Leia reunion with Luke's March. Um, <laughs> and it's this moment right where Luke comes back. And, and again, I've made this point on, on previous episodes, um, but to me, the moment when, you know, uh, Leia says, you know, um, well, first off, Luke apologizes again, like he's taken responsibility again. We don't know exactly what he says when he goes into exile or if he said anything at all. Maybe he just disappears on on his friends and his family. We don't know because we don't have that history yet. And again, that'll get it. I know that'll get expanded eventually. Um, but, uh, Luke apologizes like he's genuinely sorry. And I think what he's sorry about, I don't think he's necessarily apologizing for specifically what happened to Ben. I think he's apologizing for leaving. Um, and I could be wrong, but like, to me, that's his apology. There is one of, you know, I'm sorry that I left you all with all this. Um, and, and I really like that. And, um, 
you know, it's a reminder too that Luke's biggest concern continues to be his family, right? It's it's again to connect that to Return of the Jedi. The thing that really he brings him out against Vader is when Vader threatens his sister and his friends again. Um, Luke, I think, finally realizes thanks to Yoda, thanks to opening himself to the Force again, thanks to Rey, how bad things have gotten in the galaxy, and he does need to come back. By the way, that's in the novel as well. That moment when Luke runs to find Rey, and she's with Kylo, but when he connects to the Force there, he, again, it's in the novel, and I, I wish there was a way to make it more explicit in the film, but the reason he's running so frantically and yelling her name is because he realizes he needs to go back with Ray and he's going to, that's his plan is to go back with her. But then he sees her with Kylo and he's like, that's not happening. Um, So, you know, I love, I love the way he shows up here and apologizes to Leia. And um, again, I just did a, uh, I, I did one of our mini episodes on Patreon on this last week, but talking about the quote where he says, no one is ever, you know, no one's ever really gone. I, I just, I love that moment. It, it always brings tears to my eyes when Leia admits that her son's gone, but Luke is saying he's not like, I'm not the one to save him again. We've talked about this a lot, so I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but um, Luke knows he's not the one to do it, but he's reminding Leia that no one's ever really gone. In other words, the first person he's reigniting hope for and reigniting that spark is his sister. Very specifically, like I'm not yeah. going to be the one to save Ben. I'm also not here to kill him, um, but he is still redeemable. And I love right because he hands the dice to Leia, and and to me it's it's the moment that we all wanted. Again, it's not really the way we probably wanted it, but it's to me the one moment where the big three are on screen together. Yes, Luke Han is only present via memory. But he is present in that moment. And and John Williams tells us that by cueing the, the Han and Leia theme. Um, right. So so him saying no one's ever really gone is twofold. It's it's one. And I think most explicitly, Ben is not gone. But also even like your husband, Han, Han is not even gone. Like he's still with us here. Um, and then, of course, it all leads up to this fantastic moment with the music, with Luke marching out to face down the entire first order with a laser sword. Um, <laughs> that music is just so flipping good. And uh, yes. where is it? Nope. Wrong. I pulled up the wrong track. I think. No, where is it? Oh, I know where it is. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm like wasting time here really quick, but it's just, I got to play it because it's so, so good. Yes, you do have to play it. Um, so we'll skip past the Luke and Leia thing. Here it is. Kylo spots him. I want every gun to fire on that man. Oh. So? Do it. (laughs) Pew! (laughs) Yep. So, so good. I mean, yeah, again, just John Williams crushing it again with that, that musical cue. Um, 
I think though my my favorite part of his march out though, just like visually, um, is uh, as he's marching out initially out of the base, and you see Poe and some of the other resistance soldiers rising up into the light. Um, it's yeah. again, it's very symbolic, it, it, and and it's very Star Wars symbolic in the sense that it's on the nose. <laughs> um, Right, right. right, it's, right. It's pretty clear what they're trying to say here. Luke has come back to embody his legend and bring people back into the light, right? Help people rise up again, give them that spark of hope. And I just love that with, One, you know, Poe's look of, 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 you know, just bewilderment um, and wonder. Yeah. One little bit of trivia. Um, the three uh, resistance soldiers who are standing behind Poe in that scene are Mark Hamill's kids. Oh, nice. Yes. So that was, that was pretty cool. They, uh, they brought them in to be there that day. So, um, yeah, uh, fun little bit of trivia. I um, did not know that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, so, and then obviously he gets out there and you just do get that beautiful wide shot of Luke, this little man oh. in the foreground of all these massive walkers. So good. So yeah, I mean, and, and that's exactly what this is. Luke's come back to, like I said, you know, bring that hope back to the galaxy. So, and it's this wonderful and awe-filling moment for all of the resistance. So it's great. I love it. Yes, yes. Um, real quick before I move on to my number one, yes. I did find uh, that pilot's name. Um, Kai, uh, I think it's Kai Threnali. Kai, so. I like it. Kai Threnali. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. His name's in the novel, too. So that's that makes sense. Yes. Yonto. So that's... <laughs> Yonto. Um, Yonto. <laughs> he's got a very deep voice. Whoa. He probably sings baritone in an opera choir. Um, or something. Uh, or a barbershop quartet. Um, but... but uh, you, are you done with your number two? <laughs> I am. What is your number one? My number one. Well, uh, I'm titling this one uh, Legend of a Jedi Master. Um, and honestly, it picks up right from the sequence you just described. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 it entails his encounter with Kylo, but primarily it's the beginning and the end of that sequence where he has his epic walkout um, and then the reveal of what Luke is actually doing from Octo. Um, th- this is the legend of a Jedi master. This, this is what everyone, you know, told stories about Luke, you know, is that he can do these amazing things. And he's one of these harbingers of hope in a sense, you know, um, and he decides, as we've said before, to, you know, reclaim his legend to put that mantle back on and to inspire hope in the resistance, in his sister, in Ray, in the galaxy, and perhaps a bit of dread in Kylo and the first order. Um, you know, so it's just so, well done. It's not what we expected. It's not really what we all wanted initially, but it is the best, absolute best part of this movie for me is Luke. Because 
I said it many times leading up to this movie. If he is just a depressed Jedi, you know, ex Jedi in a sense, uh, you know, hanging out on Octo without any real purpose, I was going to be very upset. And it kind of was that way initially, you know, as we start the movie. And I was like, eh, well, hopefully they'll do something to, you know, fix that for me. Um, and this did it. This wasn't what I had envisioned. Again, like you, I wanted to see that green lightsaber come out. I wanted to see an epic duel. I wanted to see something, you know, just do something amazing, I guess, um, <laughs> to use a line from The Incredibles. Um, <laughs> but uh, he did something amazing, but also something so true to the core of who he is and who we saw come back down to Endor from Death Star 2 at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And that... That there at the end of The Last Jedi is who Luke Skywalker is. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. A living legend. Well, was a living legend. Um, and doing something like that, where he walks out to face down the entire First Order with a laser sword, that's going to inspire a lot of hope and a lot of stories as we saw with broom boy and his friends. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love, 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 love what they did there. And the stuff with Kylo is good too, but what I want to particularly focus on for the, the you know purposes of this list is the beginning where he goes out and walks out to face the first order and the end where we really see what Luke is capable of yeah, and how he is inspiring the galaxy and providing the spark that's going to light the fire. That'll bring the first order down. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my number one. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I've, I've flat out said it on several episodes. So, uh, this shouldn't come as any surprise. Right. <laughs> well, I can imagine you can probably guess what my number one is. Um, well, it is obviously the um, the prison cell sequence where they meet DJ. Yep, that's um, yeah, exactly. I couldn't help I but overhear you and all the things you were saying very loudly. Right. <laughs> um, I can get you to or Snoke's boudoir. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, that'll wrap up this episode. Um, <laughs> no, it's obviously the uh, the the Kylo and Rey versus the Praetorians and the aftermath. Um, yeah. Which, again, poor Rey, disappointed again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about the fight itself, other than it's to me, it's the coolest fight scene we've seen in Star Wars since Duel of the Fates. Um, yeah, like when it comes down to like fight scenes, this, I mean, I think, I think I would rank this above every lightsaber fight of the original trilogy and the prequels, except duel of the face. Um, that is like, high I, praise. It is high. I mean, I love it. It's so good. Um, and right from the beginning too, right. When uh, Kylo tricks Snoke pulls that <laughs> right. lightsaber through. And like you were saying earlier, Jason with the Holdo stuff, right? Like when it, it, it draws you in when she makes the decision to go get in that chair and the music starts building. That's mm-hmm. every time I saw that movie, um, when that lightsaber comes flying through Snoke and Ray catches it and the force theme swells. 
that's that moment for me in the movie where I'm just like, yes. Yeah. And when I saw the movie the first time, I really did believe that she had turned Kylo. Like I was like, yep, she did it. He, he's come back to the light. Um, and he, I, I love, I mean, I love the sound of his lightsaber. Again, one of the coolest things they've done in this trilogy is just the, the look yeah. and sound of that lightsaber is so cool. Um, it really is. And the way she looks at him and he looks at her, like I, it, for her, she genuinely believes it. Like, yes, like I did it right. I'm, I succeeded. I was right. And I, and then I love it. This, this immediate trust by going back to back like that. Right. Um, I, I just think that really it's, it, it's this little, it's, it's subtle, but it's a beautiful expression of they both really trust one another. Um, to go again, like to go back to back like that. The only other time we've seen uh, characters fight back to back is in the arena on Geonosis with uh, Mace and Obi Wan, um, right? Like the ability to fight like that shows that you trust your 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 partner here, and that you're also you're good together. A couple quick things I want to mention about the fight itself. Are you still there? Okay. Yeah, I'm still oh, here. Good. I'm just listening. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I did, just wanted to make sure I didn't drop the call, as I've been wont to do. Um, the two no, quick, two quick things I just want to mention from the fight itself. Just every time I watch it, my two favorite moments um, in the fight is Ray's battle yell. So you know when she's fighting the Praetorian <laughs> who breaks his staff in half and you know, does his fancy little ninja swirl, and then Raya, Raya, Ray, like, um, kind of copies it. You know she swirls the lightsaber too, and just yeah, you know, like just has this awesome battle yell. Like I love it. Like Ray is just giving herself to the fight, and you know, to me, it's not her in any way channeling the dark side. It's just her channeling her her survival fight mode from Jakku, right? Like it just, yeah. it's, Oh, it's just such a great moment. And then it's when, um, the two guards come at Kylo's midsection. And again, it shows the purpose of his, the way his, again, like they didn't just his build cross up guard. his yes. cross guard, right? Like they don't just do it for, cause it looks cool. Like it has a purpose and for him to catch both of those blades with the cross guard, the way he does is just really cool. And it just shows how, physically strong kylo is which isn't surprising considering him you know without his cowl on hey girl um but uh hey, hey how you doing my name's kylo slash ben what you doing tonight you won't get a drink shit <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> well then uh so yeah that's why I'm that singing. went that went that went deep um, that went that went really far really fast congratulations <laughs> thank you thank you um but yeah no i i love that little moment though where he catches the two and and then does that really cool twirl and just totally impales the third guard like kylo's just right. kylo i mean they're both badasses in this fight but um yes kylo and and i think in a way and it's i i'm glad they do it not because I want to belittle Ray, but again, Ray still hasn't had any real formal Jedi training or lightsaber training, whereas Kylo has. So I like that Kylo takes on the heavier workload in the fight. Um, it just makes yeah. sense. And it, and again, I think it, it redeems all those complaints about like, it's ridiculous that Ray beat him. No, it's not. Again, it makes sense. Kylo is so unbalanced in that fight, which Snoke tells us at the beginning of the film, right? from killing his father. He's also been gut shot by a bowcaster slashed on the shoulder. Like he's not in his best spirits. Um, uh, no. So, but just to see him like just totally light up these Praetorians um, is, is great. Yeah. Um, but 
my honestly my favorite part of this confrontation is when the fight ends yeah like there's the cool shot of him like igniting the lightsaber through the helmet yes that's cool to me it's kind of fan servicey but it is cool um and it is him dropping the pike clatters on the floor and ray just running you know you know they tell him to stop you know shoot firing on the fleet there's still time right it's just immediately this naivete of ray because she just does there's the genuine goodness in who ray is that believes she has turned Kylo, um, and he and yeah. he hasn't. And Adam Driver's. I, I'm going to play this clip really quick, if you don't mind, just because I, I love the way he acts in this this moment. Go for I it. want you to join me. We can rule together and bring a new order to the galaxy. Don't do this, Ben. Please don't go this way. No, no, you're still holding on. Let go. Best. Oh God, that's so freaking good i love it no no you're yeah. still holding on let go um i mean it's just it's so prequels anakin um and, and and it's more than that it's not it's not him just imitating something else but again it it's just similar in the sense of like the way he gets so heated um adam driver right. just crushes that line and again just raise disappointment once again um you know she really believed that Ben was, you know, the, the, the hope they needed. And then she thinks she's pulled it off. And then for him to be like, I want you to join me. We're going to rule the galaxy together. I mean, it's right. It's, it's just Kylo further entrenching himself into the his into his own broken past, which is the history of his Skywalker line. Right. Um, just trying to be Vader. And I, I like this so much because, again, I feel so much for Ray that that just utter disappointment of of thinking you've found the right person, you've done the right thing, and you're wrong again, too, right? Like, yeah, to be wrong just again like that. Like, I just my heart breaks for her, but also like just Kylo's intensity in that moment too. Of he genuinely wants Ray to join him, and, and you know he says, "You know, join me." please i like the way he says please he's really pleading with her like he really genuinely wants her and you know and and then the the, re, the big reveal that her parents are nobody you know you know you're nothing to, you know you, you're nothing to this story you come from nothing you're nothing but not to me yeah you know, i love that like kylo in a way is yes he's trying to beat her down but he's also trying to say that her purpose is valid with kylo it's kind of abusive in a way um, well, it's him. very manipulative right yeah it's very sithy um but uh yeah i mean i just it, it's my favorite moment in the movie because i mean again because of the combination of the fight to me it's the best fight in star wars except duel of the fates and then followed by this just really powerful encounter between the two characters where we see that you know ray is still entrenched in her belief in the Jedi, but Kylo's entrenched in his belief of killing the past and letting it die. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's honestly just thinking really off the top of my head right now. It just reminds me of the end of the dark Knight with the Joker. You know, this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, right? Raise the (laughs) unstoppable force. Kylo's the immovable object or maybe the other way around, but either way, right? Like, um, so yeah, it's yeah. my it's my favorite moment in the film. It's a fantastic moment. It really is. It is one of the most powerful moments because you're right. It's acted so well by uh, 
by Adam Driver and by Daisy Ridley. I mean, when she begs him, you know, Ben, don't do this. Your heart breaks. Uh, you know, and then he, he snaps at her like that, you know, you're still holding on. Let go, you know, and it, and it, it's, it throws you back on your heels. He's like, Oh God, you know, I thought we were, I thought we were getting on the same page here and we're obviously not. Um, and then you're right when he extends his hand out and he's pleading with her to join him because he feels so alone. Right. He yeah. feels so, they both feel so alone and he is pleading with her to join him out of the sake to, to help satisfy his own loneliness, to, to, to cure his loneliness. I think he sees Ray as his cure in a sense. Right. Uh, and you're wondering because we've seen Ray deal with the loneliness a lot, even throughout force awakens. Mm -hmm. You're wondering, is she going, is, is this going to tempt her enough to enter into this manipulative relationship? This this relationship that can't be good for her because she's, you know, doesn't want to be alone, but, then you got to remember she survived on her own for so many years. She's used to it. Kylo's not right in a sense. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, that's that whole sequence. And then, you know, culminating with their, their, you know, battle over the lightsaber, which is the icon, so to speak for both of them. You know, that this is not only is it, the weapon that Ray is using, you know, it's her defense in a sense. Um, but it's also Luke's it's Anakin's, you know, and it, it's Kylo's grandfather's lightsaber, you know, that lightsaber, it belongs to me, you know, from force awakens. And it is this piece of history for both of them that even for all of Kylo wanting to destroy the past, he can't let that go. Yeah. Until he actually, you know, literally destroys the past. Um, so it's, it's such a good scene and I'm, I'm not surprised at all. It's your number one. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I mean, this is, this is Ray's. I am your father moment, right? I mean, it's meant to be that it's, it's, it's that again, it's using that middle act trope that we've gotten, you know, in the past, which again, that's good. It's good storytelling for star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, just like Luke says, no, Ray says, no, she'd rather be alone than join him. And like you said, Jason, she knows she can survive on her own. Cause she's done it most of her life. Um, right. and, uh, she's stronger than Kylo because of that. Uh, you know, Kylo yes. needs somebody in a way that she doesn't. And I love that her reaction too is to immediately go for the lightsaber. And I, I think in a way, just listening to you just talk, Jason, it made me think about how I think the reason she wants it so badly too is because she wants to take that away from Kylo. Like in a way, like you don't deserve this, right? right. Like, and I think it's also very symbolic of saying like this legacy that his, you know, been corrupted more often than not like this is the pure force that needs to pull it away from him and and redo it you know she's the one that can properly in a way restart things 
because she's pure. Kylo can't. Right. So. Right. Anyway, awesome stuff, as always. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, I think I'm, I'm top fived out for tonight. Yeah, me too. We'll we'll wait we'll wait like a little bit longer to do another one, but it won't be long. <laughs> Two, three episodes. Who knows? Right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um but yeah, so anyway, uh as you know, as we said, we're gonna continue the, the This is Madness tournament, which I think so today's Tuesday. It'll it'll probably be done by Friday of this week. So this'll be the last full week of it. The last depending, week depending on how long we want to let the, that final matchup go. That's right. And, I'm uh, we'll, thinking about it. Actually, hold on. I'm going to, I'll pull that up right now. I'm going to okay. see, I'm going to put it out to see how far this will take us. So, all right. So Wednesday, this that's is all, you know, pre-planning folks. I know, right? Except it's not pre Oh, Friday will be the final four. So I guess we'll, we'll sit over the final four over the weekend and then Monday, um, which we'll probably le- let that sit for a couple of days too. Um, so yeah, next Monday will be when the final is. This is going to be epic. Indeed it is. So yeah. So again, please participate if you aren't already, um, on, on all of our social media. Yes. Um, so you'll get a new matchup every day, every weekday this week. Um, leading up, we'll, we'll have our final four matchup on Friday. That'll go over the weekend. And then like Carl just said, Monday will be the final. And that's going to be so exciting. So I can't wait to see who makes it. Uh, place your bets. and make All, sure bets, you all bets on the table. All bets on the table. House wins. Um, you know. Where are your manners? <laughs> where, are, where are your manners? Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, uh, make sure you vote. Share it. Share it, share it, share it with all your friends and your family and, you know, everywhere you want to do it because uh, this is this is fun and we want to make sure everybody gets a chance to get involved. So, um, Carl, if people want to uh, weigh in on our top five discussion or find our This Is Madness matchups, where can they do that? Um, I'm over on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter at Wampaslayer. Um that's where you can find the, the matchup stuff. If you want to uh, send us an email, wampuslairpodcast at gmail.com. And like I was saying earlier, if you want access to these great little fun mini episodes we post every week, um, just head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash wampuslairpodcast, and you'll find all that right there. It's awesome. Um, all right. You got anything else? Um, I do not. This well. I, I really enjoy talking this in depth about last jedi it's so fun yes it's it's nice to get back to it after having some time to digest it a bit more yeah because there is so so much here there definitely is all right well thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the wampus Lair podcast this has been episode number 276 top five the last jedi moments for carl i'm jason and we will see you next time here in the wampus Lair. Thank you.